Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined once again by Meredith Clark. Hello. Hello. And right out the gate, guys, I'm not going to lie. We got some shit we want to talk about. Oh, we are so ready. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I think we have to start off things by talking about Moby. Yeah. If you First of all, I'm sorry. Yeah. But also, <laughs> if you thought that... His music kind of getting a certain amount of nostalgic appeal was the worst thing that could happen related to Moby recently. No, we have got some bad news for you. Oof, yeah, this one's a doozy. So you have the article, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, So on uh, April 9th, so late late last night, so... uh, the uh, Wall Street, last sorry, night. Last night, <laughs> uh, the Wall Street Journal published an op-ed by Moby, known vegan and millionaire, mm-hmm. saying food stamps shouldn't pay for junk. The deck of it is SNAP is vital to the poor, but too often bad for their health. So I think we can all pick out three or four things that Ooh. are red flags yes. just right there. Immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and you and I were talking about this when we were off air, but, and Moby's not alone in feeling this way. This is why I oftentimes butt heads with a lot of people within the vegan community Mm -hmm. because they refuse to accept that veganism is great for the world. That is true. But we're also enormously privileged in that we can have or adapt to that lifestyle because we have um, access to a lot of resources in the city and um, we're not extremely poor people who have to rely on really cheap foods. Um, If you bring that up to some vegans, they get incredibly defensive. They don't want to admit they're enormously privileged. Mm. You have to admit you're privileged. And also that it's not always appropriate to, and I feel this way in general, I don't like to harangue people. Yeah. But it's especially not cool to harangue poor people (laughs) over (laughs) their diets um, because, listen, their lives are really hard. Food is expensive. And if a poor person chooses to take solace in buying a fucking candy bar or buying their kids a candy bar because that's all they can afford to make their kids happy for two seconds... I'm cool with that. You yeah. know, like, I don't think it's my place to come into poor communities and be like, Here, you're living wrong, you yeah. know? Um, I think it's totally fine to critique the fact that we have a very fucked up mass food industry that makes certain things subsidized and extremely cheap and other things extremely expensive to buy. Food deserts are a huge problem. I think those are all valid things to critique. What's not cool is to come in as fucking Moby (laughs) and tell poor people they're eating the wrong way. Well, and it's especially, you know, the program itself is not nearly as comprehensive as it should be. Yeah. Um, Some states have done uh, a lot of good work to try and make fresh vegetables and fruits and things that we, you know, think of as like the the privileged side of yes. food buying um, to make it easier to, to use your benefits at things like farmer's markets or actually like putting efforts into setting up green markets in neighborhoods that have less access to high quality produce. But mm-hmm. you have like food stamps don't cover, I mean, SNAP is super restricted. So people who are desperate to feed their families, like, you can't buy diapers with SNAP. You can't buy formula with SNAP. And I think that those people who think the program's problems are the fault of 
poor people making irrational or bad choices are not paying attention to the fact that we've already put food insecure, sometimes genuinely starving people Mm -hmm. uh, into a position where like there's nothing they could do that would actually materially change their circumstances. I mean, how many, it's it's like one in four kids is food insecure right now. Yeah. Um, it might even be more than that at this point. Well, especially if cutting the budget of schools where mm-hmm. oftentimes that's the only place poor kids can get food. Yep. Yeah, that's really dangerous. Uh, uh, but then, yeah, you know, and I think the, the idea that we need to reform these programs when that has for the last 25 years meant almost exclusively that we're making cuts or we're adding some sort of means testing or work requirements or some other form of, uh, like, value testing Mm. for the people to prove that they deserve it. Um, It's just a way to fuck people over and then say that they're still responsible for their own circumstances. It's, It's a classic way to punch down instead of addressing the institutional failures that are going on it's it's easier in a way you know it's it's easy to shit on poor people to say like you're eating the wrong way it's much harder to critique the entire system where it's like okay how did we arrive to this place where poor people have no other options yeah you know well and it's way easier to blame the poor people for for their own issues than or you know any poor people or, or even people who aren't poor but are not stable because they have huge student loan payments or college is expensive i mean or they don't have a fucking vegan chef to make them their meals moby you know like i just my own personal life i'm really busy and i'm broke right now and i went out and i got a thing of shitty white bread peanut butter and jelly because i'm like this is my meals for the next (laughs) i don't have time to like make hand make meals right now and speaking of privilege like Moby is fabulously wealthy. He has access to vegan chefs who make his meals. Like, that's why it's really easy for him to eat well. And to have that blind spot and not acknowledge that is a fucking joke. Yeah. Also, this is, I'm just, there's a couple of, of, uh, Mm -hmm. a couple of real choice moments. You know, he goes into the fact that, with SNAP subsidizes, uh, you know, unhealthy foods, that means that, people are, you know, more likely to do, like, to to buy them, and that means that it benefits the huge food conglomerates. And yet, maybe they, it's like, taking out the subsidies would be helpful, would be the the thing to do, not to attack SNAP. Right. Uh, And he says, oh, here we go. As I can attest from my childhood experience, he says earlier in the piece that he was on, they were, they had benefits, a single mother had benefits growing up. Yeah. Uh, SNAP really does help feed poor people, and no one wants to return to the days when America turned a blind eye to hunger. Something we still do. Yes. Uh, But it also puts a lot of unhealthful food on America's plate. Its costs are huge, as are the added costs of treating diabetes, hypertension, and other illnesses that poor eating habits cause. Okay. <laughs> I I just uh, yeah there's something so classist and awful as if I I just here's the thing I'm not saying that diet isn't important and can be can vastly affect your health however there's been an overcorrection where everything is attributed to if you just eat more apples, you won't mm-hmm. have hypertension. And yeah. it's like, 
No, there, there are other factors here. There could be genetic factors. There's, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons people could have, um, you know, various health conditions. And also, by the way, even if it is caused by diet, that doesn't mean that you then blame the victim and say, well, the whole reason you're here is because you ate too many candy bars. It's like, not helpful. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I think that we can't have, uh, we shouldn't be having any conversations about, you know, this, this is causing an unhealth, like un- a problem here. You right. know, at least he managed to get it right where he said that doing things like forcing work requirements onto yes. families uh, would be, you know, he, he says that's terrible and unproductive. Um, but the, the true answer is to get rid of, is to just give them money again. Yes. Like when we used to actually give people meaningful welfare. Right. And they were able to go and spend that money. If they're, if they had, like so many studies have shown yeah. that if you just give poor people money, mm-hmm. they make extremely good choices when it comes to figuring out the cost benefit oh, yeah. analysis the way, of how to do this. You know, they're actually probably <laughs> a thousand, I mean, this is oversimplification, but. I can't imagine how hard it would be to actually have a budget as small as the ones that people who are on SNAP or have, you know, very limited benefits, you know, have to work with. If you can feed your family for a month on that, you're doing a hell of a lot better than most people who go oh, to yeah. the grocery Here's store. The thing, guys, all of the, the fancy white chefs who make tons of money uh, at restaurants ripped off their recipes from poor communities. <laughs> like they're really, really like, like grandmother, like great grandmother cooks in very poor areas who like passed down their knowledge either either to their own grandkids who became chefs or to their grandkids and they met a white person and that white person became a chef but like if you give people access to good ingredients like they will make wonderful really healthy savory dishes and if you want to address the heart of the matter universal basic income Mm mm-hmm you know, like if if people have the money, they want to eat well. They want to feel good. Um, it isn't. And then if you don't believe that, it starts to get into like weird eugenics territory where it's like the poor are just different than us. You know, they don't know how to eat. It's like that's not the case. It's always a question of resources and time. Yeah. If people had the luxury of I can cook for my family tonight and I have the ingredients to do it, they'll fucking do it. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't they do it? It's weird if you think they wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, this has been like the week of bad op-eds. The other one I wanted to talk... Did you have anything else to say about Moby? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I would say um, they're, you know... Other than stop? (laughs) Yeah. Moby, please cut it out. But also, if you are interested in, like, helping out or figuring out what you can do to help people in your community, because there are certainly food insecure people in it, um, I would say check out the organization Feeding America, which is one of the bigger anti-hunger organizations, and they have a lot of resources in terms of showing you where you could put time or energy um, closer into your communities. What's the deal with City Harvest? Are they good? Um, They are, but I think they're... uh, they're just here, yes, right? Yes, yeah, yes, they're yes, just New York yes, City yeah. based. Yeah, um, I saw an yeah. ad and I was like, hmm, I no. need to do more research. They're um, good. Okay. Um, yeah, cool. they're pretty good. Uh, so over at the Odyssey Online. Um, the greatest <laughs> website to <laughs> come into my life in a long time, and this I is might the say. the first I've ever heard of it. Is that uh, bad? Should no, I, I nobody about knew anything about it until okay. this, this piece went viral. Okay, so 
a woman named Victoria Higgins caused a bit of a stir recently. Oh, no, we should point out a student at Missouri State University. Okay. A student at Missouri State University named Victoria Higgins wrote an article called, uh, you may have worn the prom dress with him, but I get to wear the wedding dress. And oh, then yeah. the, the sub headline is, you had him in high school, but I get him for the rest of my life. Mm. And <laughs> it's as insane as that sounds, the rest of it. Um, I'm just going to read the first couple paragraphs. High school seems like the best time of your life when you are in it. You think that all of your... Fr- first of all, that's a lie right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, th- I know. <laughs> you think that all of your friends will be with you until the end and that you will end up with whoever you are dating your senior year. Is that true? For very few, that might just be the case. For all others, that is far from true. You thought that you would marry your boyfriend and you thought that everything would work out how you had always imagined. I don't blame you, though. He's great. You wanted everything with him, but you were just not right for him. I wish I could say that I'm sorry it didn't work out for you, but I can't. I can't because he is mine now. Mine now. And I get to cherish him forever. You didn't do that right, and you were not meant to be together. You will find someone, too, but I am happy that you were not the one for him. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. I get to cherish him forever. Like... Why does the whole thing sound like a threat to his ex? <laughs> I know. This is, it was so, can you imagine being the dude? I, what I loved is that somebody on Twitter after finding this said, uh, you know, if you're going to write something like this, you really need to update your fucking privacy settings because otherwise I can find you, your boyfriend and his ex-girlfriend. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, that also happened. I just don't, there's so many things like the premise of the whole article that anyone would think uh, did people still think that their high school sweethearts are the people they're going to marry like, insane that high oh god i mean just the whole thing like what kind of weird ozark backwoods hellscape did she come from that yeah. this is what is expected just the idea of it's so frightening the intensity yeah where she just strikes me as someone who will when her marriage goes south, yeah. which it will, she will latch on to him mm-hmm. like s- until they're both ruined. Oh, it's yeah. It's like you, because this is the type of woman who like won't leave even when she should clearly leave. Right. No, she is going to get cheated on 100%. really, really badly. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's not to like victim blame, obviously, but she's not a victim, Allison. That's true. I know she's not. Um, She's kind of. <laughs> kind of bullying she's, somebody that she like yeah. may or may not actually know i think right. like i also have a bit of a I, it's hard for me to even have sympathy for her for being young and oh, inexperienced yeah. and stupid I mean, because she has other headlines on the site like she? oh yeah like i can be feminine and not a feminist and Hold that's on. okay click <laughs> <laughs> or to all uh, to all the women who didn't love him right by the way she looks exactly like you would think whatever you're thinking right now you're right yeah um Okay, reason five reasons spring break kind of sucks. Okay. Um, if you always expect my forgiveness, you do not deserve to be in my life. I mean, that one That's actually true. doesn't seem yeah. terrible. Um, oh, you can keep... Yeah, keep scrolling see. down. The other one, the ones, they're there, and I know that they're so good. Okay. Sometimes... Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, wait, where did they go? There were some really good ones in here. I mean... Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. A thank you to the girls who didn't love him right. Whoa. To those who think I am too young for marriage. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of ones where, like, it's very intense about her relationship. Um, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Yes, I can be feminine and not a feminist in 2017. I mean, who is making the argument you can't? I don't even know. Victoria. <gasps> this woman just reminds me a lot of some of the people that I went to high school with who, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm from the Midwest. I'm town of 5,000 people. My Represent. high school was 600 kids total. So this is, you know, the attitude of people who, I mean, I have people I grew up with who did marry their high school Me sweethearts yeah. and are like really happy together and everything seems to be going well. So it's not that there isn't some potential truth to these narratives if you want to make it happen. Uh, but there are also people who... Uh, you know, the sickly sweet sort of voice that and tone that they would use when talking to you because they knew it was okay. Because, like, the northern version of bless your heart because, like, you're a heathen and you're going to go to hell because you don't believe, you know, because you believe in abortion or something. Right. Um, like, the girl I went to high school who got pregnant when she was 17 and it was planned. I, I put that in air quotes. Uh, and then she and her boyfriend got married and she got very excited because she was able to bring the baby to school. And she just said, I don't understand why everyone's against this. It's so true. <laughs> they were divorced a year later. Yeah, of course they were. <laughs> but that's like, I, I'm of the belief that the more someone insists their relationship is magical, mm -hmm. there's it, it's rotting. Yeah. It's rotting. If you have to be this aggressive right. and say like you're, perfect and your relationship is amazing like you're trying to convince more than your audience you're trying to convince yourself and you're trying to convince yourself that everything's okay yeah there's some yeah your your feel your your sense of necessity to justify whatever is happening or whatever you're doing says a lot more about your confidence and yeah. security uh although it's a magical website and so what's the deal? Like, what's the th like the thesis of the website? I mean, it's a basic sort of seems like a college, like a specific college set thought catalog, like okay. content farm, um, where the mostly college women, you know, you list where they're in school and then they do all kinds of blogging and, you know, they get paid some tiny amount if they get more than a certain number of views. Very exciting. So it's a, it's a real exploitative content farm situation going on. Um, and, and yet, sometimes you just need to know that there is some weird stuff going on. Yeah, man. I, I actually hadn't read it. I was just like, I kind of want to read it on air to get the full magnitude of it. And... <laughs> I just saw the paragraph. Sometimes I have issues with jealousy, really. And I hate that you got all of the high school stuff with him. You got to go to games and support him. It kills me that I couldn't be there for him because I know I would have actually been there wholeheartedly. I would have done it out of love, not as a popularity appearance. Who the <laughs> fuck is this woman talking to? I mean, obviously she's talking to the ex, but Jesus Christ. This is I, this is like I, a threatening note you leave on someone's like windshield. I know. This is one of those times where I just feel like that girl, the girl she's speaking to, probably had a uh, Mariah Carey, like, I don't know her <laughs> ish like, yeah, yeah, reaction. Yeah. You know, yeah. or yeah, where she's just like, I'm, wait, what? She's also probably fucking some guy who's like a lot hotter than this uh, this mm, dude. So okay. like living her best life, and maybe there's some like, well, but we have it perfect, right? And she's like, cool. Yeah, I'm up to my ears in D, <laughs> in a hot D. Yeah, yeah. 
so the other pop culture story I wanted to get to is um, the fact that Black Panther recently surpassed Titanic at the box office. God bless. And a bunch of butthurt white people instantly started trying to qualify it where they were like, well, it's not adjusted for inflation. And um, box office numbers really don't mean anything anymore. And it's like, no, can we just acknowledge Black Panther is a beast and like is one of the highest grossing movies of all time and is a clear sign to studios everywhere that majority um, black casts can make films that are wildly popular? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that this is even a thing people are upset about is... It's not surprising, but of course, why people, this is, what is a three hour like disaster porn with like, (laughs) whatever. I have like very complicated feelings about Titanic. I do too. And I also have to say, (laughs) I was one of the 14 year olds who saw it like 10 times in a row. I think I only saw it twice in the theater, um, but I definitely remember crying with my best friend, my (laughs) my best friend Bradley. where we just went and like gazed at Leo and yeah. like got sad. Um, my best he friend had a at bit the time. Of a thing for Billy Zane also when we were your in, friend. Did? My friend had a bit of a Billy Zane Ooh, thing, and I was okay. like, "Oh, that is weird." That's a weird place for that to start. Yeah. Um, my best what? friend at the time wrote poetry to Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Titanic, and like very earnestly read it to me in mm-hmm. her bedroom, and I was like, "It's." Good. <laughs> like even at the time and also being obsessed with Titanic, I was like, oh no, when she pulled out the notebook. <laughs> yeah, I just remember I was well, like what it was nineteen ninety seven when it came out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so yeah. 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 So I, yeah, if I I was fifteen, that I remember even being on the sort of older side of the Titanic like mm-hmm. freak out that I was a little worried about some of the people that were really into it. Oh yeah. I definitely was one of those people though. But I even having like been really into it, like now I'm able to admit that it's like it's an okay film. It's fine. Uh visually spectacular, but yeah. everything else is just kinda like okay. Um Black Panther's so fucking good, so guys. Good. It's so good. I'm just happy for like storytelling that it's doing well. Yeah. I mean, metaphorically speaking, I do like to imagine um literally any of the Black Panther characters just like Mm-mm. pummeling Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, that would be a crossover I would watch. <laughs> In a second. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh my God. Can we make that happen? I've also just been really enjoying all of the SNL stuff about <laughs> Black Panther. It's been very funny. Um, Chadwick Boseman's outfit when he did his monologue this weekend was tight, stunning, tight, so good. Also, if you haven't seen it, uh, Cardi B and uh, Eddie Bryant did a sketch together. That's very funny. Oh, that one was really good. Very, very good. Their digital content's been great. Anyways, guys, I'm going on a tangent right now. Right now, we should probably get to it. You know what time it is. It'll be okay. We're going to get through it together. Here is your bad news. Womp womp. So I have a couple stories. 
One has to do with people are texting me. Uh, one has to do with the um, the revelation of uh, Cambridge Analytica and Russian trolls posing as activists. It turns out, and this is so weird, the biggest Black Lives Matter page on Facebook has been exposed as a fake with links to a middle-aged white man in Australia. Hmm. Hmm. Analysis from CNN showed that the page, simply called Black Lives Matter, had more than double the number of followers than the official campaign page and had been used to solicit $100,000 in donations. <sighs> some of which supposedly went to the official campaign, though some ended up in Australian bank accounts. I'm not even, like, mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mom response. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, but same. Where, and, uh, by the way, guys, that's just a cautionary tale of, like, be really careful when you give donations yeah. to campaigns. Make sure they're the official ones. And there's a bunch of ways you can verify that. Yeah. Um, but so CNN linked the page to Ian Mackey, who works for National Union of Workers in Australia. The account has been suspended while the organization investigates the allegations. But I'm also like, why did this take so long? Yeah, this is I, whenever these there's an account of, on Facebook or Twitter that gets exposed as, as this. I'm like, what? How hard is this to actually figure out? And why have you been so slow? And I mean, and that probably is on Facebook's part. Like, I'm sure Black oh, Lives yeah. Matter immediately was like, that's not us. Could you guys take that down? But sometimes it takes facebook and twitter a really long time to take down fake accounts yeah i know this personally because there were a couple sock accounts of me on twitter Ooh. that were like tweeting people i know and i was seeing people i know responding to them oh god and i was like that, guys that's not me that's not me uh because like they would like make the l's out of eyes and yeah. stuff like that um and this was before verified accounts yeah. This is part of the reason Twitter has verified accounts now. Guys, I'm the reason there's verified accounts. <laughs> I'm not. Making I'm it not. all happen. One small, small part, maybe. Um, but that was part of the reason I said, I wrote Twitter, and I was like, can I get a blue check mark? Because yeah. here are all the sock accounts of me, and then they verified my account. Yeah. Um, but it was a really weird experience, like, writing them and being like, can you just suspend this real quick? And they, like, won't do it for a while. Because they have to, like, investigate. I'm like, right. what investigation? That's me. Hello, I'm me. Get rid of it. But it takes a really long time. So I imagine that was, like, a nightmare. Sure. Yeah. Because it's not even a person. It's an organization. Right. Yeah. Silly. Um, but, guys, the other bad news I wanted to get to uh -oh. is about Flint, the Flint water crisis. Um Residents in Flint recently were shocked to learn that Michigan has decided to end bottled water delivery, uh, which seems like a really bad idea. Um, on Friday, the state of Michigan announced that the quality of Flint's water was, quote unquote, restored, and the water, therefore, is safe to drink, as in other big cities. It also said the state government would no longer provide bottled water to city residents. This is just a bad idea that is going to give children poison in their water. Mm -hmm. And also, let's say that that's true. Let's, that the water is fine? Let's Yeah, let's assume it is. I don't think it is, but let's assume it is. This is still a really bad way to handle it. Mm -hmm. And 
I understand why residents now at this point don't believe anything the government's telling them. Because they, they shouldn't believe anything no. the government is telling them. Because for years they were assured that the water was safe and it was not. And it was poisoning them and their kids. So now, of course, they're like, how do we know that's true? You haven't been communicating with us. All of a sudden you're just ending the bottled water delivery. This is not how you restore relations with a community. Um I mean, this is this is the state government of Michigan saying as close to flat out, literally drop dead right. people of Flint, like not even a metaphor. Like they're just like, no, actually, we do not care if you live or die. Yeah. Uh, also, this decision um, is contrary to available science. Um, Dr. Mona Hanna Atisha, whose research exposed the spike in Flint kids blood lead levels and forced the state to admit its mistake, um, said that this is a really bad idea. Flint is currently replacing the thousands of lead pipes connecting water mains to people's homes, making it it only the third city to undertake wholesale lead pipe removal after Lansing, Michigan, and Madison, Wisconsin. What up, what up, what up? Uh, But Hannah Atisha says research has shown that pipe replacement and even street work can temporarily increase the amount of lead coming out of household faucets because vibrations from the construction can dislodge lead particles in the pipes. The work in Flint won't be finished until later next year at the earliest. So that's why it's so dumb (laughs) that they're suspending. It's like there's going to be this gap between... And also, I don't believe that the water will be 100% safe even when the construction's complete right Mm -mm. away, you know? Right. Um, This is going to take a really long time because the problem is really, really big. Yeah. So I don't think residents are wrong when they say, like, no, we still need continued support. We still need clean water. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's insane. Um, So, yeah, uh, Hannah Atisha's main point is there's going to be this period of increased risk. And that's the moment that the city has decided to end the bottled water service. It's like pulling FEMA out of Puerto Rico after like no time at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So they also don't have water, by the way. Yeah. Guys, remember (laughs) Puerto Rico? Stuff's still really bad there. Yeah. And actually, um, their schools are closing now. Hmm. Yeah. Because things are so bad. And it turns out if you don't have electricity and if you don't have water, you can't have school. Did you guys know that? It's true. Uh, yeah, it turns out when like a society loses basic things like that, other institutions start to collapse. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the next time you end up finding, you, you accidentally find yourself in a conversation with a libertarian. <laughs> Isn't that a terrible moment when you're like, oh, oh no. Is this what? happening? Uh, just I should be have like, known because he's wearing a fedora. This is my oh. fault. It's my fault. You got to watch out for those fedoras. <laughs> but I think my my approach is always, where the fuck do you think the water comes from, you asshole? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> market solutions are not helpful. I don't know. I saw The Matrix one time. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are libertarians like? Um, so, guys, don't worry. I know that was a lot of bad. But before you go, here is your good news. Good news.
my part, my good news story of the day is, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, guys, but uh, the staff of the Denver Post is in open revolt against their owner. Oh, I love these people. Yeah, so this newspaper, it's very old. It's a 125-year-old newspaper, took the extraordinary step this weekend of publicly blasting its New York-based hedge fund owner, and making the case for its own survival in several articles that went online Friday and are scheduled to run in the post-Sunday opinion section. News matters, the main headline reads. Colorado should demand the newspaper it deserves. Um, So what's so cool about this is obviously it's awesome. The staff is doing that. But this is not the only newsroom in open rebellion. (laughs) This is also happening at the Los Angeles Times, where... Journalists agitated against the paper's owner, the media company Trunk. Um, Newsroom complaints about Trunk's leadership helped lead to the sale of the newspaper to a billionaire medical entrepreneur, Dr. Patrick Soon Shang, who had been a major shareholder in Trunk. Um, This is from the New York Times, by the way, that I'm reading from. For many publications that do not attract a patron-like owner, however, the difficult times are likely to continue, and mid-sized newspapers have been hit especially hard. Um, So, obviously, that's bad news, but I'm so encouraged to see these newsrooms fighting back against their billionaire owners in such a public way. Well, and I think it's great to see here, because hopefully this can start to coalesce a little bit and some of the people who are trapped in the Sinclair broadcasting Mm -hmm. hell right now who can't speak out without losing their, or can't quit because then they'd have to pay their bosses back and whatever, um, that maybe there's a way to like build a pushback movement Yeah, and I I do feel like it is the, the best of times and the worst of times because obviously union membership is really low, but it also, it seems like every day there's a new online unionizing effort. Like the onion just unionized. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of like online news sites have been unionizing as well, which is great. Um, And absolutely what needs to happen if unions are going to (laughs) survive. Like unions need to be in 2018, meaning uh, they have to apply to online content as well. Um, But it's really cool to see these journalists like don't say seize the means of production. Don't say (laughs) seize the means of production and like, like put their message on the front page where they're like, Hey, we're the reason the news happens. Yeah. So we should be treated fairly. We should not be at the mercy of a billionaire hedge fund manager who knows nothing about news coverage. Oh, and I mean, couldn't give fewer fucks about his employees. No, no. Just, like, bought up a newspaper as a lark to put in their portfolio. <laughs> like, they don't care about news content. They don't care about the First Amendment. They I certainly mean, don't care about journalism. It's bad when hedge fund assholes buy companies like Toys R Us and then make them and then destroy them because yeah. they have, like, they go through the whole, like, asset stripping and whatever. I mean, <sighs> just, like, think about doing that, but with stuff that's actually important. Because it's not just toys. It's like information. Toys R Us hurt me deeply because I have such fond childhood memories of mm-hmm. my parents taking me there. Like if I like did well in school or something yeah. and being like, you can pick one toy. And me like running down the aisle. Yeah. And like, oh. yeah. My, I think my mom had a weird thing against Toys R Us. I mean, we didn't go, but. it probably wasn't great. <laughs> you know, like, but in my head, I was just like, yeah. It was like a wonderland yeah. to me. I just feel like I I remember we got all of my toys at like Shopco. 
Shopka? Okay. <laughs> Fair. Fair. In the toilet. Anyway. Um, before we go, I wanted to talk about if there was anything else you're listening to or reading to or watching right now that you want to recommend to people? Well, literally while we have been recording, yes. um, Android and awesome icon Janelle Monet dropped <sighs> another video from her upcoming album. It's called the video and song is called Pink. And once again, it's Janelle Monet and Tessa Thompson and other fabulous ladies talking about pussy power. <laughs> and there's some dancing with uh, vulva pants. Hell and oh, vulva. Okay, when yeah. you originally said that, I thought, I thought you said velvet pants. And I was like, oh, it's actually pussy pants. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, the I song like I haven't actually listened to, so it, it seems to be getting some mixed reviews from a couple of oh, my really? music okay. reviewer friends. But I still am here for any of that over-the-top nonsense because it's wonderful and we need some silliness right now. Oh, my God. Speaking of over-the-top nonsense, have you heard Cardi B's new album? I have. I'm I'm a big fan. Good. As am I. As am I. I haven't seen SNL yet, so I haven't seen her reveal the baby Ooh. in her performance. But I just saw people collectively losing their minds. Yeah, people seem to have a you know, be pretty excited about it. I'm also just a fan of the trend of I mean, is it a trend if it's two people? But like so Beyonce did it, obviously, when she showed off the bump and people fucking lost it. Was that the VMAs? No, Grammys? I don't Wait, remember. I forget. But wherever she did it. Um, and now Cardi B doing it. I was like, I kind of love this like dramatic unveiling <laughs> of a fetus. <laughs> a performance. Like it's just such a weird way to do it. But it's kind of boss. And yeah. yeah. Fun fact. That was custom Christian Siriano. Uh, the dress that she wears when she does um, the reveal. So once again, our boy Christian. What, what? Showing up for women of all shapes and sizes and working with them to make them feel I'm, beautiful. I'm convinced that's the greatest season of project runway ever. oh 100 percent. yeah i cried during his show at fashion week oh during the signature dress when the signature dress comes out it is so beautiful that i started crying <laughs> oh yeah he's a he's a magical fashion angel yeah. who actually has figured out how to build a business based on not just paying lip service to yes. diversity in women's yeah. bodies and experiences, but by actually just straight up doing it. Yeah, I I never understand. I mean, it's just snobbery and elitism and racism. So I understand why it was an issue in the fashion industry. But I was always just like, aren't you business people? Like, this is fucking dumb. Expand yeah. your client base i know but that that suggests that fashion people don't believe that their prices and their business is predicated on the sense of exclusivity so True. uh be like popularity requires it's just it's an entire industry based on the mean girl principle that like being popular means you have to be cruel to someone else and exclude right but i'm just like after a while i was like you don't want to dress beyonce really like okay yeah. I mean, somebody else is gonna do it and they're gonna make a shit ton of money but so also given how boring so many of the dresses people end up wearing when they're going to fancy stuff are yes why like get something cool happening please yeah i'm i've been really pleased recently and it's men of color this is the reason it's happening men's fashion has gotten Ugh. so good and it's a hundred percent because men of color like enjoy I, this is a gross generalization but 
men of color tend to appreciate fashion way more and like I could do an entire in hour of appreciation just on Michael B. Jordan's sweaters. Yes. Oh my God. He always looks so good. I know. Uh, yeah, also, he might need to get somebody to tailor those to make them a little bit looser, though. They're, he's like no, always popping out. No, no, they're good. <laughs> they're good. No, no, no. <laughs> this is it. They're good. Okay. Never mind. Can never mind. Go a little tighter. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He's definitely like enjoying his Black Panther physique, where he's like, "I look good." <laughs> Did you ever see the clip where Lupita Nyong'o's making him do push-ups? Oh, I sure have seen that. It's hot for like a million different reasons. Yeah. It's hot because she's yelling at him, <laughs> and then like he looks real good. Anyway, uh, yeah, the men's fashion has gotten way more exciting. I remember just like. I watch red carpet events a lot because I'm a fashion nerd and men are so boring and like historically are so boring and it's always been about women's fashion and I get that, but it seems like more and more like the men are showing up too. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I love it. You know, you don't have to wear a black and white tux. It doesn't have to be that way. You can do the Timothy Chalamet and show up in an all white tuxedo. I I know people like shit on him for being like, oh, his all white tux, he looked great. Yeah. But like he shows up to a lot of like smaller events. Yeah. Dressed like a young person. He's 22 years old. He's 22, but also like I kind of dig it. Yeah. I mean, same. But also like I, like so many other women, have a unhealthy obsession. Yeah. What is it? Like why? Because he looks like an angel. He's like, I know. He's like a talented I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's. He looks like someone I would have slept with in high school or college mm. uh, and been like unhealthily obsessed with. It's weird, though, isn't it? Because Army Hammer is like physically perfect. Mm-hmm. Like he is a perfect looking man. Yes. But there's something about Timothy Chalamet where it's like, yeah, he's a little more like alternative. And I'm like, oh, OK, what's happening here? It's the perfect hair. It's the dark dark mysterious like, he's yeah, got a little, little bit of mysterious bit, in him yeah. yeah and he looks like he should be tiny and fragile but he's actually quite tall which yes uh yes. which i appreciate i don't know i think it's just like twink magic yeah, twink magic is so underrated my god yeah, yeah. Ugh, guys. um yeah i mean i do also like in the grand tradition of like women wanting to see random dudes making out i would I'm here l- for it i would love to see uh Young Timmy Chalamet um, getting busy with Adam Rapon. <gasps> My God, I bet Adam Rapon wants that too. Ah, <laughs> uh, he probably—if you brought that idea before him, he would be like, "I'm going to greenlight this." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'd be like, "All right, what do we got to make this happen?" Uh, Adam Rapon, man, I hope he—I hope his career has legs. And those legs land a triple axel. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Just because, like, he's so funny and wonderful and charismatic. And I hope it wasn't just because, like, the Olympics were happening where everybody was like, you're the most entertaining person here, so we're going to platform you. I mean, he's going to be amazing. He's necessarily not going to stop being like that. So I imagine that there's lots of opportunities for... True. Uh, Before we go, what are you... What music are you listening to right now? Or what are you reading? Um... I have been loving the, there's a series um, on Medium called Unruly Bodies. Uh, It is edited by Roxanne Gay. Hell yeah. um, And has some other really amazing writers doing, um, you know, all kinds of talking about what it's like to live in a body that uh, doesn't fit our 
expectations. And yeah. uh, so today there was a piece published by um, the excellent writer Chelsea Summers, Chelsea mm. G. Summers on Twitter, about um, aging and about being a woman in her mid-50s and skincare and right. the weird tyranny of women in their 20s and 30s talking about skincare and having this <laughs> moment again yeah i've read you know, so the, many parody headlines like that where it's like supermodel in her 20s like yeah. giving like skincare advice it's like you're young and genetically like flawless that's why you have great skin yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but that's wonderful um you know roxanne also has a piece um i know there are several other really wonderful writers who contributed pieces there and i think it's great um what have i been listening to um, I know. Let me just actually look at my Spotify Absolutely. and make sure that I know because I guys. Can, I know. recently had to bite the bullet, and for so long, I think I got grandfathered into Spotify, and they just went public now. And all of a sudden, I couldn't access any of my music, and they were <gasps> like, "You have to go premium now." And I was like, "Bitches! Oh, I've been bitches. using you since before anybody used you." So I finally bit the bullet and got a premium <sighs> membership. Oh wait, I will tell you what I've been listening to. The new Kylie Minogue album. Oh yeah, I think uh, Charles wrecked that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fan. Yeah. She is still the queen, and any like all of the people that didn't make her happen bigger in the mainstream in the early two thousands should be ashamed of yourselves. Yeah, you should. I have a recommendation based on uh, over at Patreon, my ten dollar a month supporters and higher. Once a month, we get together and we do an online hangout. Mm -hmm. And while we're there, we recommend like stuff we're watching and reading and listening uh, to to each other. And someone recommended. Have you heard of Miyavi? No. Okay, Miyavi is J-Rock. Yeah. Japanese rock. And he's one of the best guitar players I have ever seen. Ooh. And it's really good. It's like a lot of funk. Like sometimes he reminds me of Prince a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it's really, really good. And he's on Spotify. It's spelled M-I-Y-A-V-I. Right. If anyone's interested. Uh, but also video of him. He is crazy hot. Ooh. So... Uh, recommend if if that's your thing if you're like yeah this music's good but do i want to fuck them yeah um i think miave will satisfy that for you yeah i think that i'm all ready for it um so you've been reading unruly bodies yeah that's been my main reading i haven't been doing as much i've you know i've been not fictioning um, I, my reading time, because I had to put jujitsu on hold for the time being, because my life's a dumpster fire, everyone. Uh, no, I'm trying to, uh, you know, save money in any way I can. But my subway time would be my reading time. Mm -hmm. So now I just have to, like, figure out a different time where I actually read. Yeah. But I suddenly, like, just stopped reading fiction. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what was the last movie you saw? Oh, God. It was well. Oh, it was, we talked about it. It was I saw Death of Stalin. And <gasps> right, then, right, right. I still um, have to see that. Yeah, I loved it so much. I went to see it a second time. Awesome. I had a girls' brunch date to the Alamo Draft House. Um, Guys, where brunch is the best. Yeah, being able to eat brunch at the movies is also pretty bomb. See, okay, I have a controversial take on that. Okay, I don't like eating and drinking at the movies. Interesting. And I really don't like Alamo Draft House. how like the staff is walking in front of people. Mm -hmm. I find it like really takes me out of the movie. Yeah. Um, but I, what I like about Alamo Draft House is that they're so strict about talking. Yeah. And that they treat the film really seriously. But then it's almost like it's undercut by like 
I don't I hate hearing people like eating and I don't know it really takes me out of it I know I generally try only to order like popcorn or yeah. if I'm at Nighthawk maybe some tater tots with cheese sauce yeah I mean if you're at Alamo like absolutely do th- like I'm the asshole in that situation mm-hmm. where I'm like I know what's gonna happen there and I'm still like why is everybody eating <laughs> uh, um but I did enjoy that and then um gosh I feel like I just keep meaning to go to movies and I haven't gotten there yet literally although- all I can think about is Infinity War and how it's gonna destroy me emotionally oh because you're gonna have to see Captain America get killed yeah I can't really think about it. Worse, I'm going to have to watch Bucky watch Captain America get killed. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Um, You know, my favorite thing about Chris Evans that I learned in a profile the New York Times did was that he, in his spare time off from the Broadway play that he's in, has been taking tap dancing lessons. Oh, my God. I love him so much. Why is he so cool? I don't know. I was. I heard that's really good, too. Yeah, I have have two. And I kind of, like... It's not attractive, but I'm attracted to him for the stupid haircut and mustache that he has. Like, yeah. I appreciate him doing the, like, 1980s Chicago, going for like, it. Bears fan, yeah. like, look. I mean, um, he's so beautiful, he could literally wear anything and look amazing. Somebody said that... Um, Chris Evans is the only person, like, is so hot that he'd actually make, t- <laughs> that she would actually consider moving to Boston so that she could settle down and have kids with him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is no higher form of praise. There's really not. But also, that's 100% true. Uh, yeah. Here are the things I love about Chris Evans. And there's so many, right? Like, yeah. I mean, the fact that he's so liberal and, like, such a loud mouth on Twitter. He's great. Um but just the fact that, and if you've never seen this, you should absolutely watch it. His brother's gay. Yeah. And they used to go on talk shows together <laughs> and do like appearances together. And they're fucking so cute. And Ugh. Chris Evans loves his brother so much and would like murder anyone who was homophobic towards his brother. Um, he's like actually Captain America. He's just like a great guy. Um, and his relationship with Jenny Slate, I think, I mean, is, like, yeah. the cutest thing that's ever happened. Watching them, like, flirt online. I know. Uh, Although I, it also really, like, it upsets me because they've broken up again now. And it makes me wonder. they like each other. Yeah. But yeah. then I just think, it's like, oh, you gave it another try and you still couldn't make it work. Like, oh, you poor thing. I, like, you know oh. what it is? I bet they're, like, we like each other so much and our friendship's so good. Let's not ruin it. Hopefully. Let's just be two great people and, like, be friends forever. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, yeah, I love, I love Chris Evans so much that like I, yeah, I mean, I was just trying to think about how much I I like him so much more than Robert Downey Jr. and how I I wish that like. I know you, it's so weird because like there's a lot to like about, I mean, if you're not considering what kind of person he actually is, like Robert Downey Jr. is like insanely charismatic and all that stuff. But here's the thing. I feel like it's, so markety like mm-hmm. his char- his charisma versus like Chris Evans is actually really naturally charismatic yeah and I always feel like Robert Downey Jr. is so fucking on with his charisma all the time yeah like it's me the most char- charismatic man in the world you know how charismatic I am I mean I've read a couple of interviews with him from like several years ago like I guess back when the original Iron Man came out and I mean the dude is like kind of insane like he's got that oh, manic energy of like yeah. i was reading this strange thing and i think this and i think this and i th- i'm like okay buddy like slow down yeah i mean you like know. he's still 
he was a drug addict and an alcoholic and he yeah. like he has like and this isn't me like talking shit about those types of people because I'm friends with <laughs> a lot of those types of yeah, people. Same. But they have that energy where they're yeah. constantly like, where's the party at? We're going. Let's keep it going. You know, yeah. like the whole time. Yeah. Also, he like is a Republican. So fuck him. I know. How do he and Mark Ruffalo and Chris Evans get along? I have a feeling that Robert Downey Jr. probably doesn't actually talk to them. Ooh, that they're like, yeah, we're all friends. But like some of them are real friends and others aren't real friends. Like I kind of I like the idea of like Mark Ruffalo and Chris Evans like exchanging books and like, i and weirdly i think chris hemsworth is in there too yeah i mean oh god chris i think those three are actually friends i would hope so god, yeah that's beautiful i'm just like having a moment thinking about the three of them hanging out and yeah it's really... i remember like it was for a while mark ruffalo would get very interested in some kind of activism or yeah. cause and then like two days later chris hemsworth would also promote it oh so i think mark ruffalo was like sending it to him and he was like yeah i'll promote that too oh so i think god. he's like on the same wavelength yeah um also liam hemsworth being with miley yeah like that he's whole thing yeah like liam he's simple bless him yeah bless his heart there are some really cute pictures of him and his dog making the same derpy face oh my God. It's really sweet, but it kind of tells you where he's sort of operating. Yeah, I'd believe that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, yeah, I'm I'm quasi excited for Infinity War because I am not that much of a Marvel geek. But oh, I, I am. I'm a huge yeah. geek. Also, though, to sort of um, critique myself, uh, Sebastian Stan is great. Oh, yeah. No, I would hit it for sure. Oh, 100% would hit it. But also just like in terms of... He was great in Itania. He's a great actor. Yeah. Like he actually is. And I think you can see that a little bit in Winter Soldier. Like yeah. they actually give him a couple scenes where I was like, oh, he can act. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, th- I don't think this is a spoiler. I don't think it is. Um, you know, Bucky eventually becomes yeah. Captain America. And... Yeah. Um, I'm kind of weirdly excited to see what his version of Captain America is going to be like. Yeah, because Bucky as Captain it. America is very obviously different than Steve being Captain America. Yeah. Um, but he definitely has the chops to play kind of dark. So he I does, like and that. I think that character would he even get more interest. Like Captain America, I for the longest time he was my least favorite character. I think because I didn't know the character very well. And then like when I started to learn more about it, I was like, Oh, he's actually incredibly nuanced and very interesting and has this like really storied past. Um, But I think, yeah, obviously he and Bucky have like very different philosophies at this point. (laughs) Uh, So seeing Bucky as Captain America is going to be like, cool very cool so i'm i am excited about that i'm just not gonna handle it well when he dies yeah i've I've already determined i'm gonna go by myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) the first time because there's certain movies that i'm just like i can't be around people the first like when i saw call me by your name i was by myself the first time because i'm like i'm gonna ugly cry through this and i did and then i started making like once it emotionally destroys me then i start making everyone i know go see it with me because i'm like i want to see how hard you cry (laughs) God, that's so true, though. I love that thought. Um, oh, that I do. Re- I did remember there is uh, another movie I'm really excited to go see, which is um, You Were Never Really Here, which is by oh. the director Lynn Ramsey. OK, it does star noted creep Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, OK, yeah. However, um, 
She is one of my favorite directors. She's responsible for one of my all-time favorite movies, Morvern Caller, which is okay. uh, she's a Scottish director. So is this, this is the like sex trafficking one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but she's a really, really talented. Really. Yeah. Like, um, I was a little scared when I first saw it because um, I mean the the first teaser trailer I saw didn't show much footage, mm-hmm. but when I heard it was about trafficking, I was like, oh, is this going to be like weirdly anti-sex worker um, but i think but it's like child trafficking right? no it, it's definitely 100 percent. these are children yeah being yeah kidnapped and taken so right. there's that the, the truly bad form of trafficking yeah what we're yeah. actually talking about here um yeah. yeah that that like i know there's other stuff coming up but that one is i've been seeing previews for it a lot and i really i mean here's the thing though about joaquin phoenix he is a fucking asshole but he is a good actor yeah and he's i mean playing like a a mysterious like killing machine yeah like that's is really yeah well and and lynn ramsey is really good at directing movies with main characters who are pretty inscrutable and Mm -hmm. have a lot going on in the performances of those characters that aren't dialogue so i think that she's really ideally suited to direct him in a movie. Yeah, I mean, I've seen more footage of it since then, and I'm like, oh, this looks really good. (laughs) (laughs) Looks very good. Guys, I hope those were enough recommendations for you. I mean, I'm pretty happy with it. Please follow Meredith on Twitter at Meredith L. Clark. Uh, If you haven't done so already, please, please, please go to lighttreason.news. Sign up to support the show for as little as $5 a month or a one-time donation. Your support is the only reason the show can keep going. So if you've been enjoying it, if you want to hear future episodes, why not go and sign up? Uh, If you've already signed up and you're like, Allison, what else could I possibly do to support you? Mm. Go to iTunes, find Light Treason, subscribe, and rate us. And if you're already subscribed, rate us please you don't even have to leave like a comment you could just do five stars i mean i don't want to tell you what to rate it but five stars you know if you're gonna do it why not give us five stars um and yeah follow us on instagram facebook twitter all the good places if you've had any thoughts about this episode hashtag light treason pod let's get a conversation going and guys thank you so much for listening and while you're at it Get out there and cause a little trouble. Bye.